I believe that when we engage with the Holy Spirit that's actually in the room right now, we have a different experience of hearing a message. It's not just something that we are listening to like in the background, but when we actually engage the Holy Spirit who's here right now, we will experience the next 20 minutes differently. So let's close our eyes. Some of you might be new. Hi, I'm Deb. Good to meet you. And then let's just take a deep breath together. Yeah, we say anxiety, you do, you do not have a place in this room. And we say distraction, we don't choose you this morning. We actually choose to center in and focus because we know that there's a real God that wants to encounter us right now. And Holy Spirit, you are engaging with us even in this moment. So we say thank you. Amen. Awesome. So Hayden asked me to share this morning. Um, If some of you don't know, I was gone for two months um, doing a discipleship school in North Carolina. And so he asked me to uh, take some time and share a little bit of what I learned there. Um, But first, I have a quick question for you. How many of you have heard of bait and switch? Raise your hand. Anyone heard of what that is? Okay, so bait and switch is basically, um, it's basically when somebody advertises something to you, and then you get the complete opposite of what they advertise to you. Um, For example, I was looking for an apartment this summer, and I saw this ad on Craigslist, which already sketchy, but I went for it, and it, it turned out to be this like beautiful downtown Portland apartment for $600 a month, which is like not real, right? But I was like, oh, score! Like, this is going to be amazing! And so anyways, I started, like, emailing this guy really sketchy. It was so sketchy. But I was like, $600 a month is going to be amazing. Anyways, he emailed me back. All of his grammar was wrong, and I was like, whoa, this is weird. Um, and then he, he was like, I left the country, but you could just send me some money And I was like, uh, okay, this is not okay. But the worst part is, is I had to email my dad and say, dad, do you think this is a scam or should I go for it? (laughs) He was like, okay, dad, we're going to have to work on this. Anyways, bait and switch. When somebody advertises something to you and then it turns out to be entirely different than you thought it was going to be. So um, this happens sometimes to us as Christians, right? You're at that first night of camp and, and somebody's saying, Follow Jesus, it's going to be this whole different life. It's going to be something you've never experienced before. And you start imagining like your life with no issues or your life where uh, you're perfectly peaceful and never feel an anxious thought ever again. Or you start imagining this life um, and it almost feels a little like bait and switch. You're like, ah, this summer they told me that following Jesus was going to look a certain way. And now it's January and I can barely hear him. And you start growing a little bit bitter inside of your heart and you're saying, I can't hear God, I can't hear God. But this summer, at summer camp, I totally heard God. And this thing starts to build in you that's just slowly bitter over time. Has anyone been there? Raise of hands. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, there's no shame in that, totally. So this morning, um, I just kind of want to get to the heart of what is there. Like, why does that happen Why do we feel so much shame there? Um, What can be another option, a better way, um, instead of having these promises and then 
getting caught up in miscommunication and false expectation, and you and just end up feeling stuck. So we're going to get to the heart of that. Would you open your Bibles to Galatians 5 this morning? Um, we're going to be a little bit, um, yeah, all, all throughout Galatians 5. Um, I want to give you a little bit of context before we continue. So Paul, how many of you have heard of Paul? Raise your hand. Yes, If you were here for our Acts series, you heard a lot about him. But Paul um, is an apostle of Christ. He's like a super disciple. And he is writing to the church of Galatia. And basically, this church, what they're going through is they were radically um, encountered by the love of Jesus. And then, all of a sudden, it just started to turn into religion. It just started to turn into like the week to week thing. And, um, Paul is rebuking them in this whole letter saying, don't you remember the grace gospel? Like, don't you remember the love of Jesus that transformed your life? And so this is the audience. Um, they moved quickly to religion just like us. So Let's read the scripture together. Galatians 5, 5 through 8. But the Holy Spirit... Oh, also, I'm in the Passion Translation, so it might be a little different, but it'll be on the screen if you need. But the Holy Spirit convinces us that we have received by faith the glorious righteousness of the Anointed One. When you are placed into the Anointed One and joined to Him... Circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Before you were led astray, you were so faithful to Messiah. Why have you now turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? The one who enfolded you into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you've embraced, not at all. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? Let's skip down to verse 13. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit, but don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. For love completes the law of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Let's pay attention right here. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. All right, so let's break down this passage. I believe Jesus is speaking to us this morning. And the first thing I want to focus on is found in verse 6. My first point this morning is religion does nothing for you. Have any of you, this is random, have any of you tried to grow a vegetable? (laughs) Oh, wow, a lot more than I thought, and a lot of different people than I thought. Okay, meaning I didn't expect, like, okay, whatever. Um, Okay, how many of you are good at growing plants? Okay, how many of you are terrible at growing plants? Okay, 
So I used to be terrible at growing plants. And I just want you to think of this. Like, imagine me picking up a ton of seeds at the Home Depot. And, sorry, I don't know why I said the Home Depot like that. Anyways. Um, okay, imagine me getting a ton of seeds, getting soil, and then like putting my little tomato plant at my window and just yelling at it. Grow, you idiot! Like, come on, where's your fruit? Come on, where is your fruit? Like, that's insane, right? Can you imagine me yelling this? Yeah, you're like looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, like, can you imagine me, this tiny little seed, just yelling at it and saying, grow, grow. Why aren't you growing? Come on, I planted you three seconds ago. Come on, you should be growing. Where's the tomato? I don't see a tomato, you tomato plant. Maybe you're not even a tomato plant. Like, that's insane, right? So the equivalent to this in our relationship with God is you saying, okay, I followed Jesus. I I said yes to Jesus this past summer. Why am I not the perfect human? Like, why do I still feel anxious? You're saying like, you're beating your heart and you're saying, love harder, do better, stop sinning, stop looking at porn, stop cutting yourself. And you are just hitting yourself and hitting yourself. It's as idiotic as yelling at this little young tomato plant and saying, grow, why aren't there tomatoes, right? What I'm trying to get at here is a religion. Religion says, do better, try harder. Why aren't you already there yet? Religion, the definition of religion I want to use for this morning is using tasks, behaviors, and rituals to earn God's love. Like you're like, oh, I come to church every single Sunday. Why do I still have panic attacks? Or you're like, oh, I come to church every Sunday. Why at 1130 at night can I not say no to porn? Right? I know that a lot of us have been there. And so if you get one thing from this message this morning, I want you to hear that religion just doesn't work. Like it's a system that doesn't work. It's been proven over time. It doesn't work. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story later on in the message. But I was the girl that over a decade tried to earn and and please and and get God's approval. Um, But it never worked with religion. Paul says that religion does nothing for you. And here's the deal. It's so much easier to do religion. Like, it is so much easier to come to church every Sunday. Oh, sorry. I'm being a little harsh. Is that okay? I want to be real with you. Okay. It's so much easier for you to come to church every single Sunday or even like read your Bible every morning and check it off your list than it is to sit down and slow your heart and mind and body and come into alignment with the Holy Spirit and say, what do you think of me? Like, God, tell me your thoughts about me. Like, that's a totally different thing than do better, try harder, you know? Do you guys, do you guys feel the difference? Yeah? If you don't, if you can't tell, I like it when I hear, can hear some response. So, are you feeling the difference? Yeah, totally, totally different. So, religion doesn't work. You will never get the life with God that you long for if you try it this way. 
I speak from experience. And so verse 9 says, don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. So I even want to speak to some of you where there's like 3% of religion still left in your bones, where a little bit of you still believes you can earn God's love. Like the 3% in there is going to permeate your entire belief system. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah. So verse 13 says, um, oh, sorry, never mind. Um, yeah, so religion just doesn't work. And so you're asking the question, what does? Some of you who have grown up in church, you're like, I know exactly what you're going to say. And I just even want to challenge that in you. Those of you who are like, oh, I'm already 10 steps ahead of you, Deb. I already know exactly what you're going to say. I want to challenge that little 3% in you that is still um, fighting, right? If religion doesn't work, what does? Verse 6 says, All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Verse 13 says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. And this is my second point this morning, if you're taking notes. God calls us to friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is the better way. So some of you know, I just moved into a new apartment. If you follow me on Instagram, I post about it all the time. Um, Anyways, also, if any of you want to come over, we'll get a group together and make it happen. Just let me know. Um, But here's the thing. Living alone is different than you probably would imagine. Some of you are probably like, I can't wait to get out of my crowded house. And I just want to um, warn you, it's a little bit different than you think it's going to be. So some days, like I wake up in my amazing down comforter, which if you don't know the story about that, I'll tell you another day. But I like wake up in my beautiful down comforter and sometimes it's like so magical and I'm like, oh, I like spend this money and have this beautiful apartment and there's paintings in it and like it's so magical and beautiful. And then some days, like last week, it's like the worst thing ever. So I was trying to build this dresser, which there's a picture of it. Okay, I started at 9 a.m. I didn't get done till 11 p.m. That's because I'm really bad at this stuff. Like I, I play piano. Like I don't, I don't know what this is. So anyways, um, I also tried to put up a shelf and I was feeling miserably just like at the, on the verge of tears. And then I looked at the Ikea manual and I saw this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I was like, this is me on the left. (laughs) And like, this is, they're saying, Deb, stop. What are you doing? And like, literally, which I should have just called Cassandra because you know, she would have been there in a hot minute, but I didn't. And so I just was like, no joke, guys. I'm going to be so vulnerable right now. I look at the manual. I see this. And I just start weeping. Like, I'm so sad, right? I'm like, oh, I don't want to build this dress. Like, I'm almost crying right now. Like, oh, I don't want to build this dresser by myself. And I, like, sneak into my down comforter, which we all know should make me feel better. Um, I'll tell you about that again another day. But... I just was in this puddle of tears. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Ah, 
this dresser is pretty hard to put together. And I just start crying again. I'm like, ah, oh, he knows. And he totally knows. <laughs> and then uh, I just start crying more. If you, by the end of this message, you'll know I am a crier a thousand percent. And then I got quiet again and I heard him say, Deb, can I help you build the dresser? And I was like, wait, are you going to just like show up and start hammering or what? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) I wish, please Lord, do it. Um, But here's the thing, what the Holy Spirit was saying is, Deb, like this is not about the dresser. (laughs) This is about you feeling alone. And when he said, Deb, can I help you build this dresser? What he was really saying was, Deb, you are not alone. You are not overlooked. You are capable of living the dream that you have in your head. Deb, I love to build furniture with you. I love making a home with you. Deb, I love wasting time with you. And this is friendship with the Holy Spirit. So much different than yelling at the stupid tomato plant to, come on, build fruit. Come on, why don't you have fruit? Why don't you have fruit? It's so much better than that. This is the life where I find myself frustrated with an Ikea dresser and the Holy Spirit comes in and says, you are not overlooked. That is friendship with the Holy Spirit, guys. Verse 6 and verse 13 say it so well. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. See, faith is activated and brought to perfection by love. I know some of you, and I don't know a lot of you, but if you have spent any time with me, the one thing I always want you to walk away in any of our conversations is that the Holy Spirit will help you. Like the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will show you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. See, guys, this is the real gospel. Jesus didn't become human and die on a cross so you could come to church every Sunday. That's so lame. I would have left that faith 10 years ago. But no, see, Jesus came so that he could touch the part of your heart that you're so afraid that anyone will ever see. Jesus came to sit with you when you're having a panic attack. And he came to go on walks with you and sit with you in class and eat meals with you and build Ikea furniture with you. See, like, this is the fruit and the the real gospel. So the question is, how do you cultivate friendship with the Holy Spirit? Like, people say, it's a relationship, not religion. But what does that even mean, right? Like, what does that mean? How do you cultivate friendship with the Holy Spirit? So, verse 13 and 14 breaks it it down for us. Because of Jesus and who he is and what he has done for us, we are called to live life with the Holy Spirit. And we do so by walking in freedom. So, this is my third point. Real freedom... The recipe for real freedom is that you would demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you care for and love yourself. See, freedom is actually not self-centered. Like, freedom is not about you. Freedom is about 
being loved by the Holy Spirit and then giving away what you've received. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Come on, stay with me. Stay with me. We're like getting to the good part. I'm giving you all the answers right now. Okay, just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, Okay. Freedom is taking love and receiving love from the Holy Spirit and then giving it away. But then you're not afraid that it's going to run out when you give it away. Right? You just keep on taking love and giving it, taking love, receiving love and giving it, receiving love and giving it. See, have you ever tried to give away something you don't have? Uh, how many of you are about to get your license or how many of you want a car? <laughs> okay. Really? That's it. Okay. Great. So if you were, if you came up to me and you, yeah, if you came up to me and you were like, Hey Deb, can you give me a car? <laughs> And I was like, sure. (laughs) Like, of course. Like, you know me. I would love to get you a car. And then I, like, go home to my one-bedroom apartment that doesn't have a garage. And I'm like, whoa, there's no car in the garage I don't have. Then you would be, like, super bummed, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're like, oh, Deb told me she's going to get me a car, but now she didn't. See, like... You can't give away something that you don't have. It's actually ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, Anyways, do you hear me? Like, you can't love God. And you can't love anyone around you unless you receive love from the Holy Spirit. Like, it's seriously impossible. Like, those of you who, like, are fourth grade leaders, fifth grade leaders, sixth grade leaders, seventh grade leaders, eighth grade leaders, um, a high school ministry leader. Like, I know some of you out there. Like, and I, those of you who are like trying to like love your football team and your basketball team and your baseball team, like, you're trying to do all these things. But like, do you know how much you're loved by Jesus? And if you don't, all of that stuff is just going to be for nothing. Like, you can't give away what you don't already have. So, this is the message of the gospel. You can't do anything for yourself. Welcome to the gospel. Religion doesn't work. You can't earn or perform your way through it. Real connection comes through friendship with the Holy Spirit. And friendship with the Holy Spirit comes when you allow him to love you and you take that love and give it to others. Does that make sense? Do you guys hear me? This is the real gospel. So I'd love to share, um, as we kind of wrap up this morning, I'd love to share some of my testimony with you. Because a lot of you know me, but you might not really know what's behind the the person that's up here every Sunday. Um, Some of you do, and it's a privilege to know you, but I would love to share a little bit more because this message is like my life story. Um, So I grew up in church, and my parents always talked about Jesus as a friend, and I was always like, I don't really know what that means, but I want it. And so I chose to make Jesus a part of my life at a relatively young age. I remember sitting in this like little yellow chair and being like, Jesus, come into my heart. Um, Anyways, (laughs) then I lived all of middle school and high school 
hyper-performing, like hyper-performance, straight A's. I was on the basketball team, which if you know me, like, that's ridiculous. Why was I playing sports? I don't know. I thought that's just what you do to be, like, a good person. Anyways, like, I don't play sports, and I was on the basketball team. I, like, got every award that you could ever want. I got straight A's. I remember, like, sitting um, in geometry class, like never understanding what was going on and being like, you have to get a straight A, like you have to do it. And like, I was such a weird kid. Like I would, okay, this is super weird. So (laughs) um, like, you know how like parents ground you for things? Yeah. Okay. So if I ever did anything like remotely wrong, I would just go to my parents and give them my phone and be like, I'm not going to talk to any of my friends for three weeks. Like, I'm just going to sit in my room and be alone for three weeks. Right? Like, that was me at, like, 16. That's so weird. (laughs) Anyways, that was me. I was, like, the girl that was, like, punish yourself and then you'll be the better person. Right? I was the screaming at the tomato plant type of gal. (laughs) Then we got to college and it only got worse. All of a sudden... I was, like, rewarded for all of my performance, right? I started leading worship in, like, several churches, um, like, helped plant churches, was an intern for, like, all of my heroes. I, like, started doing all of these things. And really, at the end of the day, like, I would crawl into bed and just be like, I am so tired, and I am so anxious, And I'm so sad and I feel so alone. And in college, that just like intensified, right? Those of you who are going to college, you might think that some of your problems will just stay back in high school, but they just get more intense. Um, And so I encourage you to look at that closely even right now. See, my whole life, I was just like putting so much pressure. And then in college, I was dealing with intense secret sin, I was hating myself under weights of depression, anxiety. I was performing in all of my friendships and relationships, except like a couple I can just name right now. Um, But I didn't want anyone to touch my heart or see my heart because I thought that when they saw it, they would say, this is disgusting. I don't want it. Right? This is religion. Religion doesn't touch your heart. Religion stands from far away and says, you should be doing better, right? Have any of you guys felt that? Totally. So it came to a height at my senior year of college when I had stepped down from ministry. The boy I thought I could marry broke my heart, and I was at the peak of my journey with anxiety. And I sat on my bed with my best friend by my side, and we just cried. Again, crying. But my body was tired. My mind was at war with my heart and my heart was shattered. And all of a sudden, as I began to let my walls down, the Lord started showing me these pivotal moments of my life in flashbacks. He would say things like like, like this. Oh, Deb, that must have been so painful. I really wanted to carry that with you. Or he would say things like, oh, Deb, I was never afraid of your sin like you thought I was. And then it was like I could see him sitting in the room with me and my best friend. And then he did the same thing that he did last week with an Ikea dresser, but said, 
ah, this is so hard. Can I cry with you? And this was an encounter with God that changed everything. This is friendship with the Holy Spirit. See, my faith started to change gears. It was no longer about giving what I never had in the first place. And instead, it was about receiving God's love. And now my relationship with God looks like eating dinner with him and riding in the car with him and setting up furniture with him and crying with him. And my relationship with God looks like worshiping him and saying, there's no one like you. Like there's no one who would waste time with me like you would, God. See, I find freedom when I get to take this love and then give it away to you, to my parents, to my family, and to my siblings, to my friends. And then I just end up feeling the love of the Holy Spirit in this cycle of receiving and giving his love away. This is freedom, and this is how you cultivate friendship with the Holy Spirit. So if the worship team could come back up. I would love to engage this in the room right now. See, if you want to be freed from religion, and let's stay focused on me. I know there's people walking around, but let's stay focused. If you want to be freed from religion, you must move from from discipline to delight. Does that makes sense. So discipline is great, but if it's not rooted in delight, if it's not rooted in knowing how much you're loved by Jesus, then it'll do nothing for you. It'll do nothing for you. And then you'll just end up in this religious cycle. So right now, could you close? Well, actually don't close your eyes yet. Um, close your journals put them under the seat. Don't worry. You'll be able to record what the Lord says in a second. But I just don't believe in the type of Sunday gathering where we don't actually try and engage the Holy Spirit who's talking to us right now, right? Whether it's in worship or speaking or whatever, we come together so that we can be filled up with the love of God and then go out, right? That's the reason why we do this whole Sunday thing. And so if we're not at least trying to quiet our minds and hearts to engage with the love of the Holy Spirit that's in this room, then we're missing the whole point. So there's two groups of people I want to specifically talk to this morning. And if you don't fit into either, that's okay. Maybe the Holy Spirit is is speaking something totally different to you this morning. And that's, that's amazing. Um, but if you could, would you close your eyes just to focus in? So the first group of people, you are the group that says, maybe this new year I can work harder to have a better relationship with God. And it's all on you. Like you feel this intense pressure. See, you might be the group that still has that 3% of religion in your heart that says that you can do something to earn God's love. And you would probably be the people in the room that would say, nah, Deb, I've grown up in church. I know that love is a gift. I know I can't earn it. But yeah, you say that and your life of performance doesn't reflect that. So... 
you also might be the person that doesn't have a relationship with God at all because you think you have to be bound to a life that's boring, that serves a God that's just judging you. This invitation is also for you. You are the people God wants close to his heart. If that's resonating with you, could you raise your hand right now? Yeah, totally. Thanks, guys. And the second group of people, you are the ones who are just trying to give away something that you don't have for yourself. You feel the pressures of Christianity and you are trying to do it all right. But you honestly just don't really, really know in your bones that God loves you. There is no shame in this. It was just a couple months ago that I confessed to God and said to him, Lord, I feel like you hate me. I feel like when you say you love me, you just do it because you have to. But it wasn't until I really faced that lie that he could get rid of it and teach me what real life friendship was like with him. Would you raise your hand if that's resonating with you? You're trying to give something away you don't have. Yeah, I see, I see all your hands across the room. So if you responded to either of those, would you open up your hands in your lap? This is just a posture of openness. We do it in worship a lot. And just quiet your heart for a minute. We're not in a hurry. And I want you to out loud repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I want to know your love. Holy Spirit, I want to know your friendship. Yeah, say it with confidence, guys. Holy Spirit, I want to experience everyday life with you. Holy Spirit, I choose connection with you over religion. I let my walls down. You can touch my heart. And now I want you to do a brave thing and ask him, Holy Spirit, what are your thoughts about me? Now, the first things coming to mind are probably him, so don't second guess. Maybe right off the bat you heard him say, I love you. I love to be with you. Or maybe he's telling some of you, I miss you. Or it's so good that you came. Maybe he's telling some of you that he sees your addiction to pornography and he wants to meet you right in the middle of it. Maybe he's telling some of you that he wants to cry with you when you feel like throwing up your dinner or binge eating when you feel lonely. Maybe he's telling some of you that he sees your pain and he wants to meet you right where you are. Maybe he's saying there's enough room for you. There's enough room for you to be beautiful too. There's enough room for you at this table. Maybe he's saying all of these things. Maybe he's saying something different. 
But right now, I just want you to continue asking, Holy Spirit, what are your thoughts? The worship team is going to play a song. If you want to pull out your journal or your phone, because I totally trust you guys, um, to write down and record what the Holy Spirit is saying, you can write it out. Sometimes writing it out is easier for me. Um, You can do that right now. We're going to give you some time and space, and then we're going to stand up and sing.